CBI Labs. Well, it's good to be back for our September live event. Hard to believe that it's September already, isn't it? Time is really flying. End of the summer already, but don't worry. You have the you still have the NCBI live events team here to keep you informed about the latest in technology to help with site loss. And we have a really good show lined up for you today. Today we're going to be talking about an app that's had a, a lot of good feedback, uh, a, a really interesting app called Lazarillo. And in just a few minutes, we're, we're going to be talking to the CEO and co-founder of uh, Lazarillo, Rene Espinosa, who will uh, explain a little bit about about uh, what that app is all about and what it can do. So we look forward to, to chatting to Rene in just a, mi just a minute. But now one of the useful things for maybe an app such as Lazarillo or other apps that use audio uh, prominently might be a good pair of headphones. So what constitutes a good pair of headphones and why might it be useful to know just a little bit more about the different types of headphones that are available? Well, well, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on as well. And finally, we'll be talking to Connie Leiden in the latest in our series of Seeing It Your Way interviews. We're going to be hearing a little bit about some of our virtual technology clubs that are going on around the country as well. And of course, throughout the show, we have some of our regular live events team with us as well. So today we have Sean Doran and JP Corcoran with us as well. So stay with us and enjoy the show today. And of course, participate as well if you'd, if you'd like. If you have any comments or questions, please do send them in and we'll do our best to include them in the show. And if not, then we'll make sure that somebody gets back to you with an answer afterwards. So if you want to get in touch, you can uh, use the question panel on the right of your screen if you're viewing this in Teams, or else you can just email us in at labs at ncbi.ie. Now, first up, as we said, we're going to talk about the Lazarillo app. And to help us with that, we're delighted to welcome Rene Espinosa on the line all the way from Mexico City, I believe. You're very welcome, Rene. Hi, hello, Jude. Can you Good hear me fine? <laughs> Very good. So hopefully they hopefully everything is uh, good there in Mexico at the moment. I don't know what way the COVID-19 pandemic has been playing out for you there. It's been a bit of a surreal summer for us over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, here is the same, I think. Um, things are open. I'm actually from Chile, so I, I came okay. to Mexico for some traveling, uh, but COVID uh, stuck me here, so but it's, I'm okay. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Rene, you're going to be talking to us a bit about the Lazarillo app. Now, if, if anybody hasn't heard of the Lazarillo app uh, before, we're going to get a bit of a chance to get to know it a bit better. But can I ask you just first off that the name is kind of interesting. Where does the name Lazarillo come from? Yeah, sure. Um, so... There is a book called Lazarillo Tormes, so it's a it's a book about a kid that guided a, a blind old man, and his name was Lazaro. Um, so when something is small in Latin America, you sometimes use the ilo, ilo in English, or, and so it's Lazarillo or Lazarillo. Um, and also you can call guide dogs Lazarillo dogs, okay. so it's like a concept. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. So that makes sense. That helps us kind of make sense of the name as well and, and know where that comes from. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. So just tell us a little bit about the Lazarillo app. What are some of the kind of primary functions of the app? 
Sure. So um, the, the mission of the app is to um, provide information for the user in, in real time about their surroundings uh, like with reference points and also connect them with the community. So one of the main functionalities is the exploration that as you move through the city streets, it will tell you the streets you're crossing, nearby locations, uh, without you doing anything, just moving through, just open the app. And then you can actually uh, have um, direct categories to find locations, or you can find specific locations by searching. And then you can have routes uh, within the app. So you can have a walking route within Lazarillo. Um, and the difference is that uh, you, got, you got more detailed uh, routing uh, as uh, we, we give you intermediate steps to get to your destination or to a different uh, points so you can then turn and things like that. Um, you can have favorites, so any location from um, a place that you like in a park, and you can use, for example, your GPS location and then tag that place with your favorite name um, from your work. Um, so we have we provide a lot of functionalities uh, so that you can then reach those destinations from walking, but also you can track locations. So you can track a bus stop, for example. Um, so you can have favorite bus stop, and then you can track it. So uh, if you're in the bus, you get an alert. Uh, you get a distance alert as you get nearby that location. Um, I think that's the main functionality. Now we launch a new feature that is uh, called News in which that you can get information about your uh, local entities. Uh, we're doing partnerships for that in order for more entities to join and provide news. Uh, and also the app, what's great about this is that um, locations can make their places uh, with, uh, more accessible so that you can not only get to the front door, but also navigate inside. So you can imagine a hospital, for example, and you reach your your the entrance, then the app can automatically guide you inside if the hospital is part of our network. Excellent, mm -hmm. very good. Yeah, so that's that's quite interesting. So that's got kind of almost a dual purpose in a way, does it? It's kind of, kind of partially navigation is one of the prominent features, but also your news app would would that allow kind of more information to be spread other than just navigation information? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very good. So maybe we could get, I don't know whether it's possible to get maybe a little bit of a demonstration of how it might work. Is that possible? Let's try it. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, the only thing that I, I want to check is that if you can hear it. So, um, okay, so let's try it. Um, um, Do you hear this? Do you hear like a uh, sort of... Uh, no? I can't hear it at the moment. Okay. Okay, so give me a second. Um, I think it's going to be quite difficult because I have headphones, but uh, let's try it again. I, yeah. Um, I will try to do a small demo with it uh, because um, as I just told that, I cannot hear you guys. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. Hey, I will activate the button. Okay. Okay. You cannot hear the button. 
Okay, so I don't think that's coming across particularly clearly at the moment, Rene. No, you're not hearing. We're not really hearing it at the moment, but maybe maybe we might be able to come back to that if we're able to to get that working. Yeah. But maybe you can give us a bit of a, an idea of what we would be hearing as we're going through the the um, as we're using Lazarillo to to get around. What sort of feedback do you get? Yeah, sure. So give, give me a second. I will put my headphones again. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> okay. Hello. So, um, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, this demo is better if we do it um, uh, through sharing my screen or something like that. But um, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, so the reference information that you got as you open it. Uh, so one thing you need to do after you download the app is to register. Um, you can either use Google, Facebook, or an email. Um, and this is for that in the future, if you change your phone or anything, um, you don't lose your favorites uh, within the app, right? Uh, we have users that yeah. have over a thousand favorites, so uh, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. would be so such you don't want to lose those. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, and the app, what will tell you is like where you are, like at the beginning will tell you your direction. And then you have button on top, so if you swipe right, you will find a button that is called, um, so first the first button of the, the top left is stop the exploration or start the exploration accordingly. Yeah. Then you find uh, where I am, then is the button to search for using text or voice. Then you have a button for filter out the categories for exploration. So you can actually filter out what you want to hear um, while you're walking or if you're so in a does, vehicle. So, so how does that work? What, what way would you filter out particular things? Sure, sure. So you go into the filter out uh, options and then you have two modes, walking mode and vehicle mode. So vehicle mode, uh, and the app detects if you are moving in a car and then we'll use that filter. So you can, for example, set um, the, the, uh, that you want to hear public, inform public uh, transport information while you're working, um, all the categories actually. So banks and ATM, you can uh, health, food, stores, arts and entertainment. So you can define what you want to hear. Uh, so you select them or unselect them. And the same for a vehicle mode, so you can have different categories selected for vehicle or for walking. Is that clear? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good, very good. So let's say I'm I'm walking down the street, then I'm going to use Lazarillo, and I'm I'm walking down the street. I want to find maybe I don't know a a, a bank facility or something yeah. something like that. So what would be the process that I would go through to to be able to do that? Sure. So for something that is that you're looking for that is quite nearby, you think, you can think of um, two kilometers away. You will open the app um, and you will go to the category section. And then the category section is like this: events. So recently announced events, accessible locations. Those are uh, locations that we have added uh, and are verified by by us. Transport. Yeah. Banks and ATM, health, so banks and ATM, 
you select that, and then it will find you the nearby uh, bank. Uh, you provide you, it will provide you a list of nearby banks and ATMs, and then you can select one and either get a route, a working route, or you can track that place. Both works. Yeah, I prefer doing the working route. It's more detailed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and then it gives you kind of particular directions. Does it tell you to to kind of go straight ahead for however many yards, or how does that how does it feed back that information to you? Sure. So when you do the walking route, uh, you actually uh, in that same view you have access uh, to the instructions, but also to the exploration functionality. So you can either keep it. Um, and keep it on, right? So as you move and you get the the routing instructions, the Sarilo will also provide you uh, the reference information with exploration on, uh, considering your filters, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, you will get in. You will be getting a mix of instruction and also reference points. So, um, so for example, it will tell you uh, walk um, 100 meters to the north in front of you and then turn right. And as you move, as you are moving that 100 meters, uh, the I mean, you cross, for example, an intersection. The app will tell you that. And yeah, and if you are crossing a, I don't know, a food, a restaurant, and you have selected the uh, the food category on, it will announce yeah. to the restaurant also. So, um, and then if you don't, for example, by chance you don't want to have the the, the exploration on, in um, you in that same view you can. On the bottom right, you can stop it, and mm. then just get in the routing. So you have control of what's going on, and the difference is that uh, the, the the messages are coordinated, so it will not interrupt themselves. Um, as yes. Maybe other apps that can provide you uh, audible assistance uh, will use Google Maps for that, and then Google Maps and their app will talk at the same time. In this case, yes. so. Uh, uh, coordinated, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's quite an, an interesting, probably quite an important thing to mention as well. So, if you're using something else that uses audio, let's say somebody is using um, voiceover, for example, um, mm -hmm. does it do those two things kind of coordinate between each other as well? Yep. So, um, so I, here I have a suggestion, for example. So, in in iOS, the app, the voiceover and and and, for, and the voice of Lazarillo will not crash. You will hear right. in in, multi, in different tones. In Android, for uh, if you have the same voice, uh, so in Android you can actually define the voice of Lazarillo uh, to be the same as the one of your voiceover. That could be the same, right? It's possible. Um, yeah, yeah. We 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 suggest you don't do that. <laughs> we suggest right. you uh, you use different voices because then it will it, they can talk in parallel and it's easier to hear. Yeah. But if you you by chance only have one voice and select them both for Lazarillo and then for voiceover. I mean, in this case, talkback. Uh, yes. The app will wait for the voiceover to finish and then it will talk. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. If you so have I can understand why voice, you suggest. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand why you suggest different voices on that. Yeah. It's just that bit easier to kind of distinguish which is the routing information, isn't it? 
Yeah, and then it, it, and also they are, uh, because the app then don't need to stop. Um, yeah, but if you're using the same voice, we need to stop because uh, yeah, it currently it's not possible to talk with the same voice in parallel. Yeah. Yeah, very good. It's interesting just when you were mentioned there about the exploration function. So you can have the navigation just working to get you to the location you want to get to, and that's that's all you would have. Um, but you could also turn on your exploration and then be hearing particular types of businesses as you're passing by them so that you, you've got kind of a, a landmark, so to speak. Yeah, yeah and, and you yeah. can add landmarks um, as favorites. OK, excellent. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds really good. So, in terms of the equipment that you need, then I presume you pretty much just need your uh, your smartphone and the app loaded, and then your headphones. Is it? Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you need just that, um, and you can use either Android or iOS. And of course, the app is free, so no worries about that. And as I said, <laughs> you can add as much favorites as you want. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like uh, that's, uh, uh, and we're always creating new features. Uh, we always talk with our users. Um, we always hear feedback, and um, sometimes we take a little bit more, but uh, we always hear an answer back. Yeah, very good. And where is the where is this app available? Um, so it's mm -hmm. it's available in Ireland at the moment, anyway. Um, we yeah. can kind of we can verify that anyway straight off. But if somebody was going, to, if we ever get to go away again, <laughs> will we be able to use this in other places as well, other countries? Yeah, yeah, mostly every country. So we have uh, quite some users in 45 countries already, uh, organically. Um, yeah. We have a big community um, of users that um, uses in Latin America, North America, Africa, even Asia, Europe. Uh, it's available in 24 languages, um, mm. and we're really uh, grateful for from our use for our users that have helped us translate the app to their own language. We don't use like Google Translate or things like that. Uh, we yeah. we use the help of users to translate the app because it works much better, um, and they can actually test how it works. Yeah, very kind of practical to do that as well. Um, you mentioned before about um, some of the verified places, verified by Lazarillo, that, that this uh, particular places are where they're supposed to be. Does that present a problem sometimes? Is there sometimes maybe where a particular map system that's used? I take it that you, you would kind of overlay the Lazarillo app over maybe Google Maps or um, something like that, that that's, uh, you use other maps as opposed to your own map. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So in order for us to work globally, we use different data sources for maps. Not only Google Maps, mm -hmm. we use, that is a paid uh, data source we use, but also we use mm -hmm. open source databases. Um, one thing that is important for the community is that if they have if they have issues uh, with the data, sometimes like hey, this place is not accurate or things like that, um, that's actually a problem that uh, open source database and even paid databases have. So um, uh, that's why we also have our own database in which that. Uh, we can, uh, and that this is our business model. We sell to both private and public institutions, and for example, a city can refine their location, and then also post news uh, for their local citizens. 
and they yeah. pay a subscription for that. Um, the same as a company that could be a bank uh, that uh, would have worked with banks, hospitals, universities, in which they do the campus of the university and also inside the buildings. So the students can easily navigate and get to their classroom. Um, yeah. Museums even. So, and, that's, and then we create a layer with our own database and with a refined data, um, more accurate, uh, with yeah. more information, with more reference information also. And then you can easily search within that venue. Uh, so in a hospital, if you're going to the cardiologist, for example, you can yeah. find the cardiologist and then get a route. Uh, and then, yeah, we take yeah. the, the app take care of providing you the instruction. Well, that's very that's a very useful feature straight away, isn't it? So if if somebody was to be um, maybe using the app in, in town and perhaps they were to come across something that was that seemed to be being announced as being in the wrong place. So the restaurant is being announced as being on your left hand side and it's actually on the on the right hand side. That's yeah. generally generally speaking, we're talking about that being a, a, an issue with the underlying map system. So, for example, if we were using that same map system um, without Lazarillo, it would also be telling us <laughs> that it's in the wrong place, I guess. So what would what would you advise somebody to do if, if they do come across any little issues like that? Um, how, how would they kind of go about rectifying that or is there anything they can do to help with that? Sure. So I, I think that the best thing to do is to uh, notify us uh, because we can, um, so in the settings view, uh, in the settings tab, that is the, you, it, uh, you, find, you will find the settings tab. Um, so we divide the app by, by tabs. So exploration, favorites, news, and then settings in the bottom. And so you go to settings tab and then you will find a button that is called contact us. Um, and then you can either talk, send us an email. Uh, we always prefer email. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we can yeah. track it better. Um, so please prefer that. Uh, you can also use WhatsApp, uh, but you can send that uh, through email. So you, you can send us your location. Uh, you can yeah. send us your location by text, or you can also add your that location to your favorites and then send it to us so we yeah. can review it. Uh, because any location that is in your favorites, you can actually share it through a link. Um, yes. And then we can open that and like refine it. Um, we have seen that some database, so we use multiple databases and we have seen that some databases works better in some regions um, or even some cities than others. Uh, yeah. We are actually able to set in our system, okay, in this city, uh, we will use this database instead of this one. Uh, yes. But for us to take that decision, we need to um, be asked by the community and also get the, those reports. So if we saw, if we see that it's something that is um, not particular for that that location, but it's actually something that is general with mm. the database we're using uh, in that city, uh, we try to find the best one that uh, to change it, right? Um, yeah. So that we can provide a base uh, functionality that is much better, right? Um, Brilliant. Yeah, because so that gives people a bit of an opportunity. If if you are, if you're somebody who wants to try out the app, that's uh, something that's widely available, as Rene was saying. Um, but if you if you want to feed back any information, I'm sure that that uh, Rene and the team there in Lazarillo would would uh, really appreciate the feedback. Um, we actually have a bit of feedback in already, Rene. Um, we might just bring. Uh, 
jump all into the conversation, JP Corbin, if you could go through some of the sure, feedback yeah. that we've had in our. Yeah, I'd be very happy to. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so as, as you mentioned, Renny, we have uh, several people registered with, with NCBI who are using Letterillo as their primary navigation app. Um, and these would be both iPhone users and Android users. Um, and some of them have sent in their comments along with a couple of questions, which I'd like to just area it now. Uh, the first, first comment came in from uh, Cornelius Dunn, who's from Enniscorthy. He said, I, I find Lazarillo to be a great navigation app. I often use it to give me directions to places in my local town, including the post office and nearby shops. He said, I've used it to travel from Waterford to Cork using public transport too. Uh, I really like how it announces everything around me when I'm walking, for example, ATMs, public buildings, and so on. As I used to have sight, I know these points of interest are there, but Lazarillo actually tells me um, where they're located. I would highly recommend the app to other people with sight loss. So that's from Cornelius, so thanks for sending us in that feedback. Um, second one, a bit of feedback came in from uh, Robert Ford from Swords in Dublin. Um, he said, I find Lazarillo very helpful, particularly on public transport on the regular routes I'd take to work. I find it very reassuring when it announces the shops, restaurants, shopping centres on my journey. This gives me an idea as to when I have to get ready to get off the bus at my stop. Also, when I'm walking in an unfamiliar environment, I can find it very confusing when I get disoriented, but the app can help with that. A positive using the app when in an unfamiliar area, for example, on holidays, is that it will tell me what restaurants, bars, supermarkets, etc., are nearby. So it's some really positive comments there that we've received. Uh, and they're followed up really with a few questions, which I hope you don't mind if I just kind of relate to you now. Uh, first one is just, can you prevent the app from reading out some things around you, for example, all the bus stops, and just have it read out the relevant directions to your intended destination? I think we might have just uh, lost Rene on the line, ah. so we might just um, let's yeah, see if we can get him back. Couple minutes. Sure. We might just see if we can get him get him back. Um, just as a as a reminder, of course, anybody who, who does have more questions, um, if you want to send them into labs at ncbi.ie or put them in the question panel here, we're hoping to get Rene back in a moment, and uh, we'll be able to put some of those questions to him. But uh, very interesting app as we um listen to it there um hello we have hello back with us. Oh, yep. with us. Yeah, great. <laughs> welcome back <Rene. laughs> yeah i don't know what happened <laughs> just in the last temporary <laughs> yeah i i just i heard the the first um the first feedback and thank you so much i, I you were just going uh, to read the second feedback yeah so I, I just read the second uh, bit of feedback there uh, which uh, again compliments the opposite so someone who's using it for uh, using it in public transport particularly is finding very helpful for knowing when to get off the bus uh, by you know by knowing the, the app is announcing shops and restaurants and so forth so they know when they need to get ready to get off their bus stop which uh, which is a great help and also when they're in an unfamiliar environment like uh, if they're on holidays or somewhere that haven't been before the app will help uh, in those situations as well. Uh, there's a few questions here which I was hoping to just um, ask you there uh, that came in from some service users. And the first one is, um, can you prevent the app from reading out some things around you, for example, all the bus stops, and just have it read out the relevant directions to your intended destination? Yeah, so you... Um that uh, if I understand right, um, that question is for public transportation, right? If you're mm -hmm. look, if you're wanting to do a route, um, and then 
you only want to get your the mm. bus that are relevant within your uh, transport. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's exactly. I, I think that's that's the case. So uh, yeah, we actually are working on a routing for a public transportation. Um, so we have the the walking route within the app. Uh, the 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 roads for public transportation currently mm -hmm. uh, you will use uh, either Moveit or Google Maps or Apple Maps um, and we know the that that sort of um, apps um, I mean the the way they, they do the routing especially for bus stops is um, it's not so intuitive it relies a lot on on how, on you to see the the actual the map uh, mm -hmm. so we're working on on that so that you can actually go from point A to point B with uh, the public transportation. And in that case, yeah, you will have the ability yep. as the same in the walking route to stop maybe the exploration and only use yep. the, 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 in this case, the public transportation route. Okay, great, thanks. Another question that came in, is it possible to speak the destination into your phone? Yeah, so, um, so when you um, currently, if you tap on the on the search uh, button, uh, you can you yeah. can dictate uh, the the direction. We are working also uh, as a part of a, a program that we're being helped by Microsoft uh, on a sort of more voice interaction, like so right. uh, you can uh, talk with to, uh, to Lazarillo and get answer yeah. <laughs> and now they will answer and then like continue okay. talking and maybe search. Uh, those are actually new features that uh, will hopefully yeah. be available next year. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Another question uh, Renee, is, can you use Lazaro indoors? So for example, walking around a shopping center or a busy airport? Yeah, you actually can, uh, but we need the shopping center and the airport to be in our network. Uh -huh. uh, we actually, um, so one thing that uh, the community can do is that ask for it. Uh, we always said like if you can ask, that's better because then the business yeah. can see the need. Um, so yeah, we we actually uh, are able to implement in a shopping center, mm -hmm. and we actually implement in in um, in retail stores. So for okay. example, the app guides you to the sports section, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, so, so please imagine this. Now. So, okay. we, because there are actually some uh, hidden functionalities that are not available everywhere, um, are available sometimes in places that we uh, we make um, accessible. Mm -hmm. So, one functionality, for example, is that you go, to, you are in this retail store. You go to, the, you say, okay, I want to go to the sports section because I want to find um, some shoes or whatever, right? Yeah. So you get the route, you get to the sports section, but then you need to find uh, the shoes or select which color you want and all that, uh, but there's no one there. Yes. So you can actually, within the app, uh, in that place, you can actually get an assistant from the mm. from the retail store, and then the assistant will check your the back of your phone camera okay. and assist you to select whatever you want and then so you can easily pay by yourself. Um, yeah. Great feature. Like that you can do. Okay, so so to a degree then you're kind of reliant on people to contact you if they want a particular building, um, you know, uh, to, be, to be able to, to navigate that indoors, in is that right? So they, you're kind of reliant on, on the community to contact you as well to give you feedback, that kind of thing. 
So that that would be the business. Someone so, uh, like a person from the business, um, in this case mm-hmm. from um, from the retail store. Uh, mm-hmm. But the app will guide you automatically without the need of a human help. Yeah. But if you need to choose a, pro- a product, right? Or if you, if you need help with a product, yeah. and you can get an assistant that will directly connect yeah. with a contact center with you. Perfect, yeah. perfect. I mean, we do have some people who give us suggestions or have queries about the app. If they do have queries, you touched on it a moment ago, they can they can contact you by going into the settings tab you mentioned in the app. Is that right? Yeah. And go to contact us and maybe send you an email. It's the best yeah. way to get in touch with you. Okay. That's the best way, and uh, there's also our WhatsApp. But as I said, I prefer, we prefer email. Yeah. It's yeah. more organized, and also, yeah, and that would direct that that email will go directly to our support team. Our mm-hmm. support team, like what they need to do is to uh, check what is working, what is not, and also what uh, suggestions uh, people yeah. are uh, giving, and that that goes directly to me and to the developer team. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you cannot get this more straightforward. <laughs> That's great. Uh, thank, thanks for answering the questions. Mm-hmm. And thanks, JP, for yeah. for um, bringing those that feedback uh, to our attention as well. That's really good and interesting feedback there. Interesting app, definitely. Rene, just before we finish up, um, you mentioned about obviously that subscription surf- service um, in relation to organisations and institutions. But does that mean that somebody, if if kind of the everyday user um, wants to use this app. Is there any subscription? Is there something that they need to to pay for in in relation to that? No, no, no. There's no uh, subscription for the user. And the user can use the app for free. And that is because our mission is to provide free access. Um, Mm. And so we charge, uh, so we are, and we also do have a non-profit um, program that in which that a non-profit that um, is helping people with disabilities um, and uh, providing workshops so like that they can be uh, in the app and publish news for free. Actually, we did. So if you, for everyone that is in the call, uh, one of the things yeah. we wanted to show in the demo is that uh, we actually um, map the NCBI uh, when you, like your uh, the location, and we have some services as an example, right? Of course, we then can refine that, and also we post a news uh, from your website. Um, and that you can find now in news, and that is from the NCBI that program. So yeah, you, that, that that's to show uh, the possibilities. And our goal with this is that uh, we can extend and and help institutions to reach more people. And that um, so if you're doing a great thing, we want to support you. Um, and but for businesses, uh, actually we sell we sell to them, and um, we sell in countries that uh, regulations are not, um, I would say, are not so good um, for in terms of accessibility. But uh, yeah. we have managed to sell business-wise, so we create mm-hmm. business case for the for the company, for the bank, for the yes. hospital. And all that, and that has makes sense. Even in countries uh, in Latin America where uh, <laughs> regulations are not so good, so we have great hopes that as we are scaling this platform, we can hopefully be in Ireland soon. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, and that makes yeah, it great hopefully. for the for the end user who downloads the mm-hmm. the app to be able to access something like that for free is great. Yeah, very yeah. good. 
So thank you very much, Rene, for joining us today. It's been really interesting talking to you and just hearing a bit more about the Lazlo app. And uh, obviously, if if anybody has any uh, queries, as was mentioned, you can uh, contact Lazlo by email there, as uh, Rene mentioned, or you can get in touch with labs at ncbi.ie as well if you're having any trouble and we can help you out as well. So thanks again, Rene. Appreciate you joining us today from Mexico City. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, and thank you for all the feedback. Uh, we're really grateful. Uh, the only way we, we move forward is with the user support and, and the support of uh, organizations like NCBI. Um, so thank you so much, and yeah, happy to talk again. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. We look forward to that. Thanks again to, to Rene Espinosa, who's the CEO and the co-founder of the Lazarillo app. So uh, that's a, a really interesting one to talk about. And uh, we'll have the opportunity as well. If you have any more questions there that you want to send in, please do. So now we're going to move on to just our second um, item for today's live event. And it kind of ties in quite nicely, actually, with what we were talking about there, because on this week's What You Need to Know section, we're going to be talking about headphones, one of the um, pieces of equipment that uh, Rene spoke about there with the Lazarillo app, obviously was a pair of headphones, but obviously there's plenty of other applications where somebody might need to get a good pair of headphones. But for some, maybe a pair of headphones is, is actually quite a simple thing, maybe a bit of a difference in sound quality, maybe just the difference between wireless and wired headphones. And that might be all we, we kind of know about um, headphones and the, the different uses for them and the different strengths and weaknesses of different types. But actually knowing a bit more about the types of headphones that are out there can be quite helpful when choosing the right pair. So what is there to know? about them. Well, Sean Dorn is with us today as usual. Sean is going to help us out a bit with this. So Sean, maybe just while we're talking about headphones, what more is there to know about them? What different types are there? Well, like you mentioned there, Drew, like we have wired headphones, we have wireless headphones, we have AirPods, we have all sorts of Bluetooth devices, we have ones with audio paths through and we'll discuss ones with phone conductive technology and uh, maybe even different augmented reality technology uh, in terms of uh, sound space, which we, we can discuss also. Um, so with, with phones, now a lot, a lot of phones don't have audio jacks on them anymore. Yeah. So you either need an adapter for your existing headphones to, to use them, or you need uh, a Bluetooth headphones. I know a lot of people have got AirPods. We talk to a lot of service users in NCBI who use AirPods and find them extremely useful. But um, when we were talking about uh, the Lazarillo app there, and you're writing about, you might want your ears blocked with um, audio feedback when you also want to hear traffic. So that's what like, phone conductive headphones come in. And phone conductive headphones work by actually works through vibration. Uh, so you, you might have heard of people with a, a cochlear implant and they would be bypassing their ear canal and would actually, the, this type of hearing aid, hearing aid would vibrate on the back of your ear on your cochlear, mm. which would be, those vibrations would be translated into sound. Uh, your brain would interpret them the same way an ear would. And so with the bone conductive headphones, they either sit on the cochlear or they sit in front of the ear on the cheekbone and they would vibrate, creating uh, 
basically your AO interpreter, you know, your brain interpreter as sound at the same way in your drum would. And that's really beneficial for when we're out and about with mobility apps like Lazarillo. Um, we, we could have had an instructor, like, like as Rene was saying there, I know, could be giving you feedback on bus stops and ATMs all along your, your, your journey. Yeah. So you, yeah. that is a extremely useful, but we might also, you know, want to listen out for road traffic, for people, for other pedestrians, for, for bicycles, um, uh, as anything when you're out and about in your mobility cases. So yeah. the, way, the way these would work is you'd have them connected to your phone by Bluetooth. They would, uh, they, they would vibrate the front of your ear in the case of the Aftershocks headphones. You'd hear all the commands like from voiceover or music or anything that sounds coming out of your phone would be passed through to these yeah. headphones, but your ear would also be free to hear external sounds. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're kind of talking about really some people might be used to maybe noise cancelling headphones or something that goes over the entire ear and it blocks all the sound out. Exactly. And you get great sound quality maybe from what's coming from your device. But this is almost like the opposite. It's purposely trying to make sure that you can hear what's going on around you as well. Yeah, I think uh, bone conductive headphones were primarily designed for people out jogging. Uh, mm. that, that was the design for people out jogging and they're going to hear cars and other, other obstacles. Um, but in terms of people with uh, sight loss, they're very, very useful because people with sight loss like, um, would, would use hearing a lot, obviously, and when you're out and about, if you, if you press the, the traffic light, you want to hear the beat to make sure that it's okay to cross, but you also want to get your directions from an app like Azure or or other apps on your phone. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you mentioned there kind of being being out and about is one particular application for it, but is there other kind of environments where you might get um, get the most out of a particular type of headphones? For example, uh, I think somebody's. <laughs> Somebody's determined they're on the phone. Um, my, my phone never stopped running. <laughs> That's it. Well, you're a popular man. We'll we'll keep you around for a little bit longer if we can. Um, just in relation to um, the different environments that you might get um, the better benefit from particular types of headphones. So, for example, school or work or anything like that. Is there anything that you'd recommend or any particular use out of, a, out of some types yeah. of headphones? Well, like it, it depends what your work is. I mean, if, you, if you're working in a solitary environment where you want to concentrate on that work and, and, and not have your external um, environment, you know, sort of meant to play or distract you, then like mm. what you were saying earlier about noise cancelling headphones are, are absolutely perfect. And uh, even the new AirPod uh, Pros, yeah, uh, they have noise cancelling which, you know, it, it sort of creates a sound wave that cancels out the sound wave that's been created by an external noise. So you are only hearing actual sound that you want to hear coming through those headphones. So in terms of isolation, they're fantastic. They also have a transparency mode where it will take in external sounds through microphones and yeah. play it along with the music you're listening to or play it along with your, um, you know, your voiceover uh, feedback. Yeah. That, that can be quite useful and like they're like they'd be better in terms of you know music quality compared to the bone conductive headphones which 
you can use them for music, but it's not ideal, but they're much better for out and about. Like that's like a trade-off between them two. And comparatively, if you work in an environment where your phone was ringing a lot, you're doing a lot of work on the computer at the same time, or you're using your iPhone a lot. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be wearing big headphones and a colleague comes in and you're, you know, you're, you're writing an email using a, a screen reader. Yeah. You have to take off your earphones because, sorry, I didn't catch that. And they have yeah. to tell you again, or you're sort of missing out on bits and pieces of the conversation. So you could wear bone conductive headphones in that case. You're continuing to do your work. You're getting all the feedback from your screen reader and you're still able to hear your colleagues around you, you're able to hear your phone ringing, you don't have to take off your headphones to put on or to answer a desk phone. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and just that function you described a moment ago of taking in external sounds, but now this is not the bone conductive headphones, but was that the audio pass through? Is that what, that's, that's what you were describing a moment ago? A lot of headphones would have audio pass throughs. Uh, like I okay. said, the, the, the AirPod Pros would have audio pass through. Like you hear of like uh, the Sony X3 headphones would all have audio pass through. A lot, a lot of headphones do have that now because they know that noise cancelling is very, very important for people who just want to you know, sit in an environment and not be disturbed. But also likewise, like, you, know, you could be on a bicycle or you could be out with your guide or you could be out with your long cane and you'd also like feedback from the outside world coming in. So it's, it's a trade-off of what, what, what you need like in terms of if you are sort of moving out and about with a lot of cases and you're doing a lot of traveling, maybe bone conductive is perfect for you. If you're mixing mm. like listening to music at home and maybe doing voice calls and maybe like you, you need to do all your pass through for when you're out and about, you can sort of decide what device would work best for you. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So, likewise, I think probably, go on. likewise in schools, I mean, for, for children, like in schools, they would use, uh, would have a laptop and a screen reader. And, um, you know, they might be missing some of what the teacher's saying because they're typing up something with a pair of headphones on. So they're, yeah. the bone conductive headphones have been useful for, you're hearing exactly what the teacher's saying in the lesson and you're still getting all the audio feedback from whatever screen reader you're using on your laptop, say. Yeah, excellent. And I think probably some people, we might have heard of different kind of brands or different products that are out there, such as I think you mentioned Aftershocks a moment ago. Those are kind of well known in terms of bone conductive headphones, aren't they? Yeah, um, they, they'd be quite good in terms of bone conductive headphones. Now, other brands, people like Bose have sort of entered the market with um, frames and different types of glasses that would have something similar to bone conductive in, in the earpiece, but it's actually, it's sort of vibrate, it's sort of smaller speakers. So people yeah. nearby would be able to hear you or hear what you're listening to while the bone conductors are, are a bit more private. If you turn the sound quite low down in a bone conductive headphone, the person would have to get very close to you to be able to hear it. Yes. If you, if, you, if you were out and about in a busy street and you could turn it up quite loud so you could hear it, but the person next to you on a busy street wouldn't hear it. Yes, yeah. yeah. You, you, you mix and match. And like it's, it's sort of, even people, I, I spoke to people who use bone conductive uh, headphones at home with their, with their iPhone because you can sit in there with the family and they might not want the family to hear everything that they're reading out on their voiceover. They yeah. might not want to wear a pair of earphones that block out what the family's saying. So you have the bone conductive headphones on, uh, you have their screen curtain on, 
on, on their on their voice over an iPhone, and you sort of have a bit more privacy. Yeah. So you have to kind of. Oh, <laughs> I was nearly going to say you have to play it by ear, but <laughs> it's, it's too late to avoid that pun now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, so they'd be some of the ones that a lot of people um, would would have maybe heard of the, the brand names. AirPods is another one that a lot of people have heard about, and we've talked about it a little bit already. Is there any other particular functions that the AirPods can do, for example? Right, so they have the transparency and they have, um, you know, noise cancelling in, in the pros. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's live listen mo uh, mode where you, know, you can also, if you sort of struggle to hear things, you can place your phone maybe closer to the person, you can turn on uh, live listen and then it almost acts like a hearing aid. Excellent, yeah. Or a room listener, like for people who have, um, who wear hearing aids, they would often buy a room listener that would connect to, to, the, to their hearing aids by Bluetooth. You put that listener up in a meeting, uh, maybe in the centre of the room, but now with this live listen, it's, it's, it's acting like that, like you wouldn't need to buy a set when you could just put your phone maybe in the centre of the table. And it will receive that information. That's and brilliant. Yeah. Oh, so it, it, it can be quite useful. Like that, they're always adding new sort of features. And the new iOS 14 update, they're going to be adding uh, augmented reality AR. You know, what people are calling it to yeah. the iPod Pros. And that, what that means is you kind of get like a, a 3D surround sound. Or like if, just, if, if you're listening to the music, you might be able to hear the drums behind you and the guitars to the left or right, maybe the vocals in front of you, depending on what way the track is laid out. Yeah. But that, but yeah. that can all that can also be very useful for mobility apps because uh, a similar app that's in development now, uh, Microsoft Soundscape, they work on giving you a beacon in terms of like for a direction that you're walking. So that beacon with the augmented reality sound, or if you have a good pair of stereo headphones, you can hear that on the left hand side or the right hand side, or it's being pushed forward, or does it feel like it's coming behind you? So yeah. they can they can be very useful, and even like um, I speak to some uh, teenagers that play audio games, they find that um, that would be a useful feature because a lot of the games they play. It's depending on uh, the direction of the sound. So if you had a better pair of earphones, that would be really very useful. Yeah, very good. And we spoke about that Soundscape app a, a little while ago on one of our live events. And th those sort of headphones that you mentioned, they, they would definitely fit in very well. Just just one last question, just before we leave this discussion on headphones. Just some might be a little bit worried about some of the smaller ones, such as the AirPods. They, they, they're very tiny kind of um, little buds that fit in the ear. They might be worried about losing them, perhaps. Is there anything that can, can help if somebody's worried about that? Is there any features that can help? Yeah, there's, there's like, there's, like um, there's two or three different ways. You, you can get it to play a sound where you can hear them. Yeah. So you're trying to find by location where they are. There's other ones that you can, uh, there's another one you can see on a map where, where, where each, each bud would be. Uh, so it might narrow it down to a room, but you might still need to have maybe somebody to help locate it, but then you could really try using the sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are, they, are they, they, they could be quite easy to lose, but I haven't met anyone who's lost them yet because yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're so useful and so precious to people that that, that hasn't happened. Yeah. 
Very good. Thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate that. Um, good to be able to have a bit of a chat about headphones because they, they are such a useful tool. If you get the right set of headphones for the environment that you need them for, for the work that you're doing, for the activity that you're involved in, it's uh, it's great to have the right set. So thanks uh, for joining us and for talking about those, Sean. Okay. So now we're going to uh, just move on to our final section for today. We're going to um, move into this week's Seeing It Your Way piece. Now, this week we're we're talking to Connie Lydon, who's one of a growing number of people around the country who are involved in our virtual technology clubs that we mentioned at the at the start of the show there as well. They're taking place around the country. Um, we're, we're going to be talking a bit more about them in one of our future live events. So if you're interested in them, we'll, we'll be having a, a bit more of a discussion in, in one of our future live events. But for now, let's just have a listen to how Connie has used technology to help her with her sight loss. So I'm delighted to introduce Connie Lydon, who is a service user with NCBI up in Mayo. Um, you're very welcome to the show, Connie. Thank you. So Connie, just maybe tell us a little bit about your experience of sight loss, a little bit about your background as well, maybe. Right. Um, I lost my sight 15 years ago um, while I was pregnant with my second daughter, so life was very busy for a few years, adapting to that and getting my independence back um, with the help of the NCBI and my motivation. I've managed and I've done really well. I've never looked back in fairness. So so what was the, the eye condition? I had a brain tumour. Okay. So it was sitting on the optic nerves and damaged that, which is irreversible. So yeah. That's taken a bit of kind of getting your head around. It is, but I think the fact that I had a three-year-old and then a brand new baby, I didn't have time to think about myself really too much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm quite a positive person, so I'd be looking at moving forward the whole time. And, you know, yeah. try to live, live life as normal as you could. And, yes. And, and you can, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And uh, had a bit of fun along the way. Yes, there were sad days, obviously, you know, but mm -hmm. um, no, no, delighted to say everything's good. Yeah, very good. And you were saying there about kind of keeping yourself motivated a minute ago as well. Was that kind of one of the one of the challenges at the start? It was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, seeing other families with their children, I want to be able to do the same thing with my children as other people could do with theirs. And also to have a bit of my old life back as well, you know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, definitely, definitely that kept me motivated and great husbands and two fabulous girls. So yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. it's been good. So tell us a little bit just about your your kind of day to day routine. Sounds like if you if you've got a, a young family, you've got a, a busy routine straight away. Yeah. Um, I suppose you, you have to school in the morning, getting everybody up and making sure everything's ready, um, lunches. Um, while they're at school, I now I go to the gym for the last few years, three mornings a week. Um, yeah, and then kind of back in time when you're into the coming in from school again. 
dinner, you know, and then just after after school activities like football, which there is again, thankfully. Yeah, when you say kind of having a normal routine, you're you're dead right. You're kind of living in a normal kind of lifestyle at the moment. It hasn't stopped you. <laughs> Your sight loss hasn't dream. stopped you at all. No, 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 I think I'm living a dream life at the moment. You know, I'm a lot of people can't. You know, so. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I have my coffee mornings with my friends. You know, it's 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 a busy house, dude. Yeah. It's um, yeah. We just had one girl just do her leaving set, got her results today, so that's another new chapter. You know, so um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully she did as well she, as she wanted to do. She did. She did. Yeah. So yeah, my my job is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Very good. So, so tell me something. Um, obviously, we're kind of we're quite interested in the technology side of things on our live event. Have you found this over the course of the last, did you say 15 years? 15, yeah, yeah. Was technology a big part of you being able to kind of adapt to, to sight loss? It was. Um, first, the first thing I embraced was a phone, um, a Nokia phone, which I still have, but I'll explain that later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy with my Nokia phone. Um, it was great. It was great to send a text message and communicate again, you know, and yeah, yeah. You know, arrange the night out with the girls and stuff. It's so much easier. Um, and then I got a laptop also, um, so it's great for doing emails. Um, I use Guide, which is a very basic package, but it was a great starter to get, you know, get used to how things work without sight because I would have been used to using a computer with sight. And, you know, so yeah, I find that great. Um, again, for exploring the web, but obviously things have moved on a lot. I'm now using an iPad, which is fantastic and, and getting grips to that. I think I'm only starting to move on with things now because the house is so busy and the girls, you know, while the girls are growing up, I didn't have time to throw myself into it. Yeah. So, uh, now is my time. So is is communication kind of the main thing that you you get a benefit out of technology with, or have you used it much in terms of maybe the the voiceover or the mag magnifier options or anything like that? It's with the voiceover and okay. the magnifier doesn't really work for me. I have a limited limited bit of sight, but the magnifier wouldn't work for me. Um, gotcha. But the voiceover works brilliantly. Yeah. Um, do you find that you kind of you control it by by the um, gestures on the screen, or do you use Siri to talk to it and give it instructions? Or well, uh, thanks to the virtual technology meeting, um, I mean, like I was using the gestures, and I still am to a degree because that's where I started off teaching myself here. You know. Yeah. And um, but I, th I think Siri seems to be the way to go for a lot of things. Listen to the others on the virtual technology group. It's a pretty mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So the, the virtual technology group is actually one of the things we wanted to chat to you a little bit about. So the virtual technology groups are going on around the country at the moment. NCBI are uh, facilitating the, those um, in, in each of the, the regions. Um, I think you meet generally on a on a Wednesday, isn't it? That's right, every Wednesday at 12, yeah. Yeah, very good. And how many, just describe the experience a little bit for us. How many would be kind of involved? What sort of topics have you been talking about? Um, there'd be about four of us involved um, along with the host. And um, we've been discussing the iPad mainly and the iPhone and uh, like you're saying, the gestures and Siri. Um, I think this week we're going to touch on, on how to send emails through Siri, which would be great for me. Um, 
and we also discussed phones, different types of phones that would suit people. Um, you can talk about everything. I think the best thing about it is you're talking with like-minded people, people without without sight. Um, like I found here, like they're trying to show me a two sidepaths here. This is my sight of people around me and they can't really. You have to be living the moment to understand it, you know? Yeah. So, um, so by just talk, li uh, talking and listening to the others, I feel so normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I feel quite at home with it. And that's, I suppose, no fear in asking questions. You know, you don't feel stupid at saying that I can't do this or I can't do that, you know, or what about this or what about that? Yeah, that's a really good thing to highlight because I, I would say that that probably is one of the biggest obstacles to people wanting to do something, something like this, maybe a, a technology club, is that feeling that actually, you know, everybody else is leagues ahead of me and, yeah. you know, I'm going to feel a bit silly if I ask a question. That is so true. And um, not at all. It's complete opposite. It's so comfortable. I highly recommend it. Very good. So have you had much of a chance to kind of put some of those things into practice in everyday life? Or they, are they quite practical topics? Oh, totally. And I think it's something you said a good while back about the penny dropping as different things. And um, it does, you know, and it's um, I practice every time. Every time we have a meeting, I, I will practice afterwards and just to make sure I don't forget it. But it's also nice to, it might be stuff you might even use, but nice to know what is, what can be used. If you ever need to go back to it, you know, well, yeah, that can do such a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just good so to have the information there and yeah. Tell me something, Connie, are you, are you a bit of a techie anyway? Do you, would you have enjoyed technology? Because you mentioned you used a computer before sight loss, which I suppose a lot of people would have anyway, but was that out of necessity or was that something you quite enjoyed being? Uh, it's probably more from a work point of view. Um, I spent 10 years in London working in a marketing department, so, you know, a lot of presentations being done and things like that. And uh, even in my last job, um, I suppose yeah. just for basic office skills, you know, you'd be using it that way. So I, I wasn't afraid of it and did a good few courses. So, um, yeah, I, just, I wouldn't say I was a techie. Wouldn't be. I think it's more fun now. What's, what's available now is more yeah. fun in the last few yeah, years, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. We we got the Alexa now recently, but I'm not shout her name too loud. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll just hear it coming out of the back. Really, really enjoying that now, so I'm having great fun with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um it's very useful even when you're cooking just to set a timer or you know. Excellent, yeah. Find out if shopping centres are open at a certain time, you know, it's great. Just yeah. So do you just have like one set up in the kitchen and you oh, yeah. use that in the yeah. It's all mine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Um, because some I think have a few different devices, don't they, throughout the the home. Um, one is enough. <laughs> one yeah, is enough. Yeah. I never do. Yeah, here now it's great. Just <laughs> the kitchen's where I spend most of my time. So yeah, so okay, just amazing. And um, I haven't been able to access my music for years properly. You know, but I'm yeah. big into the music. And um, so my husband managed to put everything onto I broadcast. So I have um, like this. I'm able to access music now, which is fantastic, which I haven't been able to for a few years, you know, so um, yeah. delighted, yeah. Did yeah. it take you a while to get used to some of those things again? Because you mentioned about not accessing your music for a while. I presume, what was there a period of time where 
maybe you had been in contact with people via email, for example, and then there was was there a period where you you weren't able to be in touch that way? There was until until I got the laptop. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to, by using guide, I was able to contact them. Um, and now should that's changed to FaceTime, which is even better again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a great facility. Um, even Messenger, you know. So um, on Facebook, I'm I'm on Facebook as well, which, you know, just to, I, I don't put anything up. I'm very boring. The one getting news out of me. It's great for having a nose. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And and the communication side of it is a, a massive thing, isn't it? To make sure that somebody isn't isolated. Oh, totally, totally. Totally, yeah. It's um, it's a great way of keeping in touch with people. Yeah, yeah. So definitely embrace it from that type of that point of view. I'd imagine that must have been a great thing when, um, particularly if you hadn't been able to access emails for like a considerable time, to be able to actually get that back again and to be able to communicate with people in that way. It's it's kind of quite, it makes quite an impact on you, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I wouldn't be afraid of it, but um, I definitely had to keep up to speed because it's, it's changing so fast. It surely is, yeah. Like the, um, yeah. You're, you're talking to everything now, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Did, it, did it take you much time to kind of make that transition? Because you mentioned you have um, like your Nokia phone still. Is there something that kind of holds you back from getting a, a, a smartphone, maybe an iPhone or something like that? Or are you quite kind of happy to have the balance of having the, the iPad to do some of those things? Absolutely. Um, I think the balance at the moment of like us a bit more acquainted with the iPad. I think that that's a good training session for the iPhone. Because mm. um, that's probably what I would go for. I just feel, it, you know, the Nokia knock, is grand when I'm out and about because all I need to do is send a quick text, you know. Um, probably my personality too, too. There's too much going on. I get into it. I'd probably end up doing the wrong things. You know, the Nokia is just so simple to use at the moment. But um, but no, I can see myself moving forward in time. I promise. <laughs> um, yeah. But at the moment, it just suits me if like, I get familiar with the iPads, and which I am, um, just to cover more things before I make that transition. So, so what was it that kind of prompted you to to get the iPad in the first place? Because that must have been a, a bit of a step as well. If you if you kind of had the old technology in terms of the phone, um, it's quite a jump to to an iPad. <laughs> It is. I suppose the voiceover feature on it, and um, I just felt it was a simpler tool as well um, for looking up on the internet. It was easier to use that way. Yeah. Uh, so I just, I suppose it was ready to embrace it, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just felt it was time to move forward. It is a big jump, all right, yeah, from yeah. one extreme to the other. <laughs> And to be fair, that is that is quite a, a thing anyway. That um, that you reached a point at some point where you you just do feel the need. Okay, now is time to to move ahead and and sort of learn something new that can be helpful. It is, and I, I think it's it's the time thing. The time in this house, you know, um, as like I said, it was a busy house, still is, yeah. but um, it's more manageable now, you know. Um, yeah. I've a bit more time that I can call on my own at my own time, you know. Has there been any part of the kind of whole experience that's maybe surprised you a little bit that was either maybe a little bit more difficult or a little bit less difficult than you expected it to be? 
Oh gosh. Um, I suppose with the iPad, it's, it's just it, like it's like a whole computer, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, that's what I found, and you know, gosh, you know, what am I meant to be doing here? You know, um, you know, yeah. you, you can train so much, and then you have to kind of find your own way around and ask questions again. You know, there's so much to take in. Yeah. Um, and I was probably trying to do too much too soon. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's why I, I find the virtual technology group great. You know, it's um, it, yeah. it, it's information overload really. But it's fantastic. There's so much out there, and I, I just yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's yeah. good to have that kind of regularity, isn't it? When you've got like something that's on weekly, and you're able to um, just be able to ask the questions that you need to ask to, to help to progress. That's quite an important thing, I think. It is, and to keep it up, and to practice what you're taught every week as well. You know. Yeah. Because, you know, it's um, definitely. So, so is there? What else is there planned for the technology groups? Has there been much discussion about what you're going to cover in the future? No, there hasn't. You know, we just week by week, you know, and it's, mm. um, it might go, go to plan, you know, something, something, yeah. something and it'll, ta it'll take another another way forward, you know. Um, yeah. Also, it's nice and relaxed that way. You know? Yes, yeah. Well, that's that's good as well to to kind of give you the, the freedom to talk about the things that you you actually need help with as well. Um, so, if you were kind of talking to somebody else who who was maybe only just gone through the experience now of kind of maybe they've had recent sight loss, is there any particular advice that you would give them? Any particular help that they could look for? Anything that you've learned over the the last 15 years that you kind of feel is is a really useful thing to share? I think to keep in touch with you, definitely, and assess what you need yourself and uh, move forward from there. Um, you don't have to be doing everything at once. And um, and, and uh, the help is brilliant. It's, it's, it's so normal when you start talking to the NCBI and the technology groups. It's just so normal. You know, yeah. not, to be, not to be afraid of this. Um, I suppose people with sight loss, there's an acceptance period as well that, you know, yes, yeah. like life is going to be different. You know, that can be hard to accept. And you just have to take your time with that as well, you know. It's, um, yeah. yeah. Very good. So thank you very much, Connie. Appreciate all your comments today. And uh, I'm sure that the, the insight that you've given there into the technology clubs as well is something that will be quite helpful to, to anybody who's considering uh, being able to join up with those clubs as well. So thanks very much again, Connie. Appreciate no that. Problem, no problem, James. Thanks for asking. Take care. Take care. Bye. So our thanks again to Connie Lydon for talking to us this week. It's always good to hear uh, different people's experiences of how uh, they've um, been able to use technology to help them through any sight loss issues as well. Um, obviously, if you if you uh, heard about the virtual technology clubs there and uh, it sounded like it was something you might be interested in. You can get in touch with your local technology trainer or you can contact us at labs at ncbi.ie and we'd be happy to help you out as well. And we're we're going to talk about that a little bit more on one of our uh, future live events as well.
of course if you if you want help with any of the things that we were talking about on today's show or any any other uh, pieces of technology that, that uh, can help you you can contact uh, the labs team here you can call us from nine to five monday to friday on 1850 92 30 60 it's 1850 92 30 60 or of course you can always email labs at ncbi.ie or if you want to avail of wider ncbi services you can call 1850 33 53. That's 1850 33 53 53. Or you can email info at ncbi.ie. And of course, if you'd like to make a donation to support our services, you can also visit donate.ncbi.ie. You'd be able to sponsor one of our live events if you if you like. You can do that by contacting labs at ncbi.ie uh, ncbi as well, and that can help to keep our live events going. Now, just before we go, just a, a bit of a reminder about what we'll be talking about in future live events. As we mentioned there, we're going to be discussing virtual technology clubs, how you can uh, be um, a part of that if you if you want uh, the various things that people are, are talking about, but we're also going to talk about PDFs. Now, I don't know if you've ever found that maybe your assistive software just has a, a problem sometimes reading a, a PDF document. Well, we'll talk a bit about why that is and, and what you might be able to, to do about it as well. So we're going to be talking about that on our next live event. A reminder that our next live event is obviously a month from now, so we're back to the, the monthly um, schedule at the moment. So our next live event is Tuesday, October 13th. Tuesday, October 13th at 2.30 p.m. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening in our live events, as well as plenty of other, plenty of other um, subjects that are talked about in our newsletters, you can subscribe to the newsletter on our website, or you can email us at labs.ncbi.ie if you'd like to sign up to our NCBI technology newsletter full of uh, great advice and information and tips that can help you to make the most of your technology. So hopefully you've enjoyed our show today. If you have any questions, please do get in touch. But all that's left for me to do today is to thank our, our panel once again. Our regulars, of course, JP and Sean were with us, but also uh, appreciated uh, Rene's contribution in relation to Lazarillo and the opportunity to talk to Connie Lydon as well. Of course, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening in as well. And we look forward to having you all back with us next month for another NCBI Labs live event.